Today's episode of No Dunks is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. The truth is, they got more talent over there than we do. But I promise you, they are not a better team. Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Friday, April 24th. This is Film Session, and today we're breaking down the recently released basketball drama, The Way Back. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, back through the power of technology, Tass Mills. Good morning, everybody. We also got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. The international man of mystery, taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. Last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Thanks for joining us here on a Friday. Before we crush, a few shower beers, a little housekeeping. Email us your NBA <laughs> questions and comments to nodunksattheathletic.com. We'll be beach stepping next week. That's a staple here. Follow us on social media, both Twitter and Instagram, at nodunksinc. Did we forget to open an old pack of basketball cards yesterday? No, we didn't forget. We just delayed it by a day. I'm just waiting on a... Uh, I've got a special guest for today's cut. So, uh, yeah. Flashback Friday. Yes, it is. So uh, my guest was... Uh, he just couldn't do it yesterday. He or she couldn't do it yesterday. So we're on for today, I believe. Okay. Okay, well, that's So exciting. you're saying Ellen is still in the running. That's my pick for who this is going to be. I know you're excited yeah. about it. <laughs> she is in the running, yes. You know we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nodunksinc. Well, I guess it's official. We're now on Facebook. And make sure you check out the fun podcasts we already recorded this week. Uh, On Monday, we recapped the first two parts of the Last Dance documentary. We'll be doing that again on Monday. Episodes three and four dropping on Sunday night. But we'll be doing that for the next four weeks. On Tuesday, we hit the beach early to answer your questions. Wednesday, we had an excellent conversation with Ethan Sherwood-Strauss author of The Victory Machine, The Making and Unmaking of the Warriors Dynasty. Highly recommend you go check that one out. He's a blast. And yesterday, Thursday, we dropped a new No Buffs podcast recapping the latest episode of Survivor Winners at War. Not many of those left. So, um, well, I was going to say now's the perfect time to get in, but that might be a straight-up lie. I'm not sure. If you're not in by now, then don't worry about it. Now's the perfect time to start a rewatch. You still got three weeks for the finale. That's right. Yeah, just binge it like crazy. You got all the time in the world. Okay, so film session today, we are uh, working with 2020s. Yes, a recent movie here in film session, The Way Back, directed by Gavin O'Connor, previously of Miracle fame. Is that correct? I think is his uh, classic sports movie that he directed. Stars Ben Affleck. In this one, here's the IMDb synopsis. Jack Cunningham was a high school basketball phenom who walked away from the game, forfeiting his future. Years later, when he reluctantly accepts a coaching job at his alma mater, he may get one last shot at redemption. So, it was interesting to do, again, a recent movie. I'm a little torn on how we're going to discuss this one, because I thought this movie was good, but 
it was pretty formulaic, and I thought Affleck was a great, uh, you know, great in his role. I mean, it was almost like a very personal role, and we'll get into that, I'm sure. But I'm just sort of left like, yep, that's a good movie. I don't really know how to <laughs> break it all down. Am I alone in this? I, like, I liked it, but I don't know if uh, it's going to be worth getting all deep on this one. I'm, I'm a little torn. <laughs> I, I think there's kind of two stories in there. You know, there's the, the basketball coach, and then there's him with his struggling with his life in various ways. And it's, yeah. uh, you know, they sort of intertwine a little bit, but he but he kind of keeps them separate as well. And um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a tough ending to this movie. I'll say that. I, uh, I found it quite quite emotional at the ending because uh, because of just what goes on. So, you know, he's a, he's a guy who was a star and, um, you know, gets coaxed back into coaching kids and then the typical basketball stuff does happen, that's for sure. You know, like, bad team. All of a sudden, he comes in, turns around immediately. <laughs> We've seen that play out before. <laughs> it definitely felt like you were watching parts of a lot of different basketball movies put together. I was like... Former player, great success, returning back to coach his high school. That's Coach Carter. Uh-oh, he's a drunk and he might not show up for some games. That's Hoosiers, you know? It just kept, yeah. felt like they kept adding the best parts from a lot of basketball movies up to a movie that, you know, I thought was fair. I was happy to have watched. I was like, okay, great. Yeah. Now I've seen Ben Affleck see what he looks like trying to play basketball. That's fun for me. Yeah, but he didn't even really get to see him play basketball. He had two flicks of the wrist. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He saved it. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing I, I was kind of lacking, and I, and I, I agree with, with Skeets. I, I, what was lacking for me was more backstory. I, I, at the end, I wasn't all that emotional because although it was a good movie and it was solid, I couldn't really sympathize with the character all that much because there just wasn't enough dialogue about the history for me to get involved. So, yeah, you see a banner that Jack Cunningham was a good basketball player, and he reveals whatever it is 45 minutes in that I didn't take that full ride because I, I wanted to give a real F you to my pops that I was right. trying to get back at. But that's basically the, ex- the extent of that backstory. And then there's the backstory of him losing his son, uh, which obviously would be great to sympathize about but we or sympathize with him you know obviously extremely emotional but that's like an hour in we get that little ditty with him talking to the um, psychiatrist where he says three lines there i just didn't find enough i'm I'm an emotional guy i want to get attached to the character and all i'm getting instead of dialogue is this (laughs) (laughs) sorry jd sorry jd if that doesn't satisfy your uh (laughs) Your, your audio uh, desires there, but I, that is a full can of LaCroix. It's mm-hmm. not quite a cutter. You're not um, crushing but, a beer? <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's, that's we heard, that's, he kept tapping it like he was packing a, a pack of cigarettes, but there wasn't just, <laughs> there wasn't enough, there wasn't enough for me to really get attached to the character. Uh, I disagree to a certain point. As far as Ben Affleck's character, Jack, I've, I got enough, I think. I mean... I got where he was coming from, and the twist uh, halfway through with his uh, revealing that his son has died is—it uh, was powerful for me. I was—I found it heart wrenching, and the way it was revealed, I thought it was really well done. Is it realistic that he would go to that particular birthday party with his wife? Uh, probably not. I'd probably pass on it, but. Uh, <laughs> But that said, that scene kind of gutted me, and then I was in. I was in. I was in from the beginning. I wanted to like this movie, I guess. And as soon as the as soon as it started, I was like, okay, uh, I'm in. This is mm-hmm. a movie about 
what I thought was about addiction, uh, but really it's about fatherhood, I think. But uh, yeah, I was in. And, and Skeets, I'm with you. I, I don't know how to talk about this because my notes are all over the place. Yeah. Just to, to um, piggyback on what Tass was saying and then what you were following up there with, JD. I, sort, I agree with you at first, Tass. I, I thought the exact same thing, like you were just saying there, that you weren't sort of given enough maybe of the backstory to really attach yourself to the character in Jack and really feel for him and understand why he maybe had you know, taken the route he had and made the bad decisions that he had made. But the more I thought about it after the movie, I started to like the idea, I guess, that they left out a lot of the backstory and that we learn as a surprise, really like an hour into this movie, it felt like of, yeah, oh my God, he lost his nine-year-old son to cancer. Wow. And I'm like, started like racking my brain. I was like, were we given hints earlier in the movie? And I couldn't think of like, I don't remember like seeing a photo of his son anywhere in the background. You know, when father um, asks him, do you have kids? He's like, immediately, no. Uh, no one, no one's asking him like how you holding up like from the loss of the son or something like that. So, but which I actually sort of I started to like, yeah, um, that they did that because then it I don't know it made it it sort of then made it more impactful of why he was an alcoholic and why his wife left him and why he you know gone down this dark road. So I sort of changed my tune. Um, the more I thought about it after watching it, but like I was like you in, in the moment, Tess. I like the way that it added up throughout the movie because at the beginning you're like, okay, he's a drunk because his dad passed away. They must have been close at some point, but then it, it goes on to the fact that you find out that him and his wife are separated and maybe that's why he's having such a tough time right now yeah. or maybe it's just the fact that he's depressed because he peaked in high school, but then when it finally hits that his son had passed away and then you think back to you know how he's ignoring these calls to go to a birthday party, that just seemed like he was being a dickhead but really mm-hmm. there's a deeper reason to it um i don't know i, I definitely thought affleck was effective in his role no doubt about it yeah uh, he was definitely solid in his role yeah, I, I thought he was really good and uh, both sides the emotional side uh, like i don't think they overextended him uh, yeah you know, and uh i thought the basketball part was was very solid too i i guess i i'm just not i just didn't walk away from the movie heartbroken and so that's why it was good. I just I wouldn't watch it again because I don't think I, I, I wasn't drawn to any either aspect, either the basketball side or really the emotional side where I kind of want to see it again. Like if it's on, it's on. It's one of those to me. I, I got to watch it through to see the end, but I don't have to go back and watch it again. If there was, um, I don't know, like I can't think of another actor off the top of my head, but if this is anyone else besides Affleck playing this role and like you know we should point out I mean he is just at this moment in his life in real life right he is rehabbing from alcoholism mm-hmm. um and he's I mean it you know I think he nails it um and I'm sure it was pretty therapeutic too this whole role if this is anybody else I'm sort of probably like this movie stinks like really I, yeah I think so I think so or not stinks but just like really not given a damn about ever caring about this movie um, so, I mean, credit to Affleck is what I'm saying. I thought I was really invested uh, in his role and what he was doing with that character being an alcoholic. Because of his real personal life? A little bit. Coming a little through. bit. I, think, I just think he, I think he nailed it. Um, I, I agree. I think it's probably one of his best performances ever, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree, because usually when I see Ben Affleck in a movie, I can't stop thinking, that's Ben Affleck. That's Ben Affleck right there. Like, you're watching Argo, and he's supposed to be, like, a hostage negotiator for the CIA. And I'm like, well, you're also just Ben Affleck. And this, he was supposed to be Ben Affleck, so it kind of paid off for me. 
every actor is going to draw on their personal experiences to do a role. And I mean, that's what he did, obviously. And every review or write up that I read about this after I'd seen the movie, they all mention his personal struggles. And I think that almost takes away from how good the performance is because it's not easy playing an addict and a drunk in such a, such a realistic way you know, he's a, a high functioning alcoholic and uh, you know, I thought it was great. I was so believable. Yeah. It is a depressing start to this movie. You talked about the end depressing start. I mean, within the first five minutes, Jack's had what, like three or four beers, yeah. um, including one while he's driving home from work. He's a construction worker. Another while he's in the shower, and uh, not long after that, he's chugging from a bottle of vodka, you know, before Thanksgiving dinner with his family. Um, and actually, just one more thing, thinking back now to the to the breadcrumbs, if you will, of like he lost his son. It just hit me, the idea of he was really fatherly with his sister's kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like that happens, you know, I'm sure there's a, there are millions of uncles out there and of course aunts out there with, uh, that are like that. But uh, that really now, it, uh, it makes even more sense when you find out later that he lost his own son, that he sort of would be like that with those kids. If right. That makes sense. Like drinking the vodka before Thanksgiving just to steal himself, just to be around the yes. kids, right? Because yes. it just, it obviously brings back thoughts of his kids which Mm -hmm. he's trying not to think of yeah right 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 um then we learn you know he is jack cunningham he is the jack cunningham (laughs) 93 95 you know one of the greatest players we've ever seen in the state um number 24 right at bishop hayes and he gets called to uh i guess it's father divine's mansion um i don't mansion i don't know where the hell father divine was there was this dan's dad do you think (laughs) (laughs) yeah Basketball just runs through the family. <laughs> was this, was this, I mean, was he purposely named that? Was this divine intervention or <laughs> did Father Divine know that Jack was going through the problems that he was and tried to, you know, bring him back? The way back was through basketball. Does anyone have a, an opinion on that? I'm I, I guessing um, he doesn't really know what's going on because that sort of plays a role later in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, so right, uh, right, right, true. Yeah. And he does ask him if he has kids too. Yes, yeah. yes. So I, I think it's more that school because they hadn't made the playoffs since Jack was there. They didn't really have a good coach, and they needed someone to sort of. And the come coach in. had a heart attack. He says, that, yeah. "Yeah." So they needed someone to come in and sort of straighten out the kids, and 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 he, you know, wanted to just teach them how to be men, as yeah, you know, as always in basketball. It's never about the winning; it's about raising men so they can be sure. good citizens. So I, I think it was more just a sort of story that maybe the kids could relate to him because he used to play there and maybe he could relate to the kids because he he knows the school and he knows what it's like to win because they used to be uh basketball used to be a huge program i think they they said like 110 people tried out um you know in the in previous years whereas Back in, in this the 90s. year yeah in this year they're only getting like 10 kids turning up so yeah. I think it was more trying to, you know, sort of tap into a bit of an emotional connection to the school's history that maybe he could bring something out of them that, uh, that they had struggled to find since, since Jack had left. If we've learned anything from watching these high school basketball movies, it's if your coach is terrible and your team can't win games, just hire somebody who used to play for the school, and it's an instant turnaround. All he's got to do is yell at them for a few minutes, and suddenly they're going to be making the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah, just a smart move, yeah. Yeah. I like, um, you know, Jack Tell's father. I've been away from the game for a long time. And then he asks him, though, is the team any good? 
Like he does like, uh, I'm not taking this job if the team's, uh, you know, that good. Once we find out they're not any good, so he still yeah. takes it. But I, I mean, the follow-up scene to that was one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie where, where Jack is, you know, he drinks, what, a case of beer, if not more. That's while, a case. I counted them. Yeah, while contemplating, <laughs> while contemplating what type of voicemail message he's going to leave for father in declining the job. I thought that was so well so well executed. I thought it was edited perfectly. It was heavy, obviously. It was depressing. It was so sad. Um, that was like me recording cameo shout-outs, by the way. That's exactly how that goes. <laughs> but uh, that was a crazy scene. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, you know, the, the his whole system of putting a beer on, on deck in the in the freezer. Uh, super beers. That's what we call it. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. it's a cool little system that he has, but also it... It shows how fast he's drinking them because he doesn't he's not giving them enough time to freeze and they're coming out of the fridge. So like he's pounding those beers, obviously. Yeah. And uh, and just the the habit of it and the system of it. And then you, you also see him piss, I think, twice during that sequence. Yeah. Which, you know, you never really see when a guy's on a bender. Uh, yeah, I agree. It was great. Yeah, there's actually a lot of pissing in this movie now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you drink a case of beer, you're gonna you have to break the seal at some point and it's all downhill after that. Did um, anyone getting back to the uh get the divine intervention, which I think that was on purpose calling him divine. There's divine. lots of there's yeah. lots of uh religious imagery in this. I thought that maybe the the ref that he runs into at the liquor store maybe recommended him for the job somehow oh. or I don't know. Mm. Like, uh, yeah. I, because I was struggling to see the connection, like just calling a dude out of the blue <laughs> yeah. to literally 25 years later. It yeah. just seems, seems odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he did. He did have a look. The, the coach had a look as uh, Ben Affleck left, left the, the convenience store and gave him that look. And yeah, that must be the telltale sign that, that he called divine and divine intervented. <laughs> so then the next scene is uh, really Jack again this is one of my favorite scenes of the movie too like, they were coming early uh, Jack meeting assistant coach Dan for the first time yeah. <laughs> and this is like our first like real basketball scene of, a, of a, again a basketball drama or whatever you want to call this movie um, where assistant coach Dan is running through all the players on the team while they're playing I love this, it you never get a scouting report in a movie I was like hold oh. on Laura I gotta pause this I gotta write this down <laughs> What did you write down everybody or no? Brandon Durrett, the point guard. Yeah. Chubbs, the shooting guard. I knew I knew Chubbs was in trouble when the coach came in, he's like, We're gonna be pressing. I'm like, I don't think you're gonna be starting on the wing very much longer, buddy. <laughs> Kenny Dawes, the small forward, he's a ladies' man. He's a yeah. hot shot. He's wearing the ninja headband in practice. Sam Garcia, his only quality is a captain and handing over the captainship. Yep. Marcus Paris, he's a center, but he's a six three shooter with a candy stroke. And of course, my favorite guy, Bobby Freeze, the sixth man and also safety of the high school football team and that really rang true to me i was like oh yeah there's definitely on my high school basketball team a random football player who they would just put in to smash into people and sometimes it worked oh yeah. so it always were 55 <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> whatever the biggest jersey is yep. give it to that guy and let him smash some bodies yeah, that was a nice breakdown there, Trey. I'm glad somebody wrote that down. All I wrote down was Playboy Kenny. <laughs> that's all my notes say. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. We learned that Marcus shot, um, he's like you said, the center shot 34. Hit 34 threes, led the team last year from distance. <laughs> but then we get the percentage, 34 for 130. Come on, Marcus. Just letting them <laughs> fly from out there. Um, I, sometimes I, I sort of skipped over it, but... 
was it unbelievable or totally believable that you know he has this night where he's contemplating calling father and saying no to the job that then he pounds a case of beer and wakes up the next day and is like i guess i'm taking the job I don't know. Yeah, my, my my preferred method is steak and broccoli. If I've got to make a big decision, but, uh, maybe from now on I'm just gonna I'm just gonna slam down 24 yeah. beers and see yeah. what happens then. I mean, we never do really find out why he decides yeah. to take the job. I think that he just didn't have the balls to say no, right? Yeah, because he's just he's practicing all night, 24 beers later, and he still can't bring himself to to call him. So uh, it's just basically out of default. It's easier for me to take this job than to say no to Father Divine. Right, right. Um, and it's not like he's like suddenly stopped drinking because, I mean, prior to Coach Jack's first game, right, of him coaching, we see him like pound a bunch of mints. Like he like <laughs> guzzles some Tic Tacs, which, mm. I mean, okay, like it's telling you right there he's been drinking and he's trying to get the, the booze off his breath maybe. Uh, but they lose. They lose the first game. They get hammered. Uh, 67 to 31, I guess the score was. I really loved the way they did that as well. We didn't see a single minute of play. Of that game. Of that. Yeah. Not, yeah, that was just... crazy to me. I thought I had accidentally like laid on the TV remote and fast forwarded <laughs> to the next scene. I was like, what's going on here? And Laura's like, I think that's what it's supposed to be. I was like, yeah. I don't know. We got to rewind and check it out. <laughs> nope. Just the scene. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Just going right to the score. Well, then we sort of get to the good team, right? The, um, I think they're called the Memorial Knights, if I have that written down correctly. Um, It is Memorial. I don't know what the team name is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the Knights. They have a sick gym. Just a baller gym. In the arches. Crazy looking. Yeah, it looks awesome. We got a cool colorway, too, with the red going there, a little red and gray. Um, And we got the dickhead coach, who knows, obviously, the past of Coach Jack. You know, alludes to that. But this is where I was like, okay, this is ridiculous, the basketball part. This team... This team somehow won a game. Bishop Bishop Hayes was one and nine, I think, at this point, or maybe before Coach Jack took over. So maybe now they're one and ten. I don't know. But they gave up like six fast break dunks to number twenty one. The guy oh, twenty one was on killing for sure. Yeah, like come on. You, how did they even win a game? They're just giving up fast break dunk after fast break dunk. It was like they, there's a team. I guess what I'm getting at is there's a team worse than Bishop Hayes. How did they win that game? Did they win by default? I was so confused by that part. It is a bit of a problem how he comes on. They're 1-9, and they turn it around just because he yelled at them, and all of a sudden they're good, and all of a sudden you get the flash of each score. You don't see any basketball plays. You just kind of see one little half a play. But I agree that's a good way of doing it. I I didn't need to see all that basketball, really. Like I, I I like the Jack yelling at him. And then basically the next game we see is the game of them getting into the playoffs. So the team got good way too fast. I don't know how the Very heck they fast. got good. But at that the same time, happens, it was a nice though, choice. You know, Coach Carter got them. They were basically unbeaten with Coach Carter when he took over. It's just yeah. the standard. You know, you might drop that first game and then there's a, some <laughs> sort of bust up between one of the players and the coach. And then all of a sudden they hit the game winning shot and they go on this incredible run. You know? <laughs> so, well, yeah. just the final thing from that Knights game where they're getting, they're getting blown out because number 21 is just dunking all over their heads. But yeah, Coach Jack calls the timeout. He rips them a new one. That's great. You know, I think his... Um, you know, I think that's the game he tells Marcus to sit, sit his ass down to, mm-hmm. right, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he's, you know, he's basically saying, look, we're getting punked, so somebody punk them back, you know? Like, somebody send a message out there. So, of course, it's the football guy. Is that it's, Bobby Freeze's music? It's Freeze. <laughs> um, he hits him with, 
the hard foul from behind. Actually not that bad of a foul, I thought. Like, he didn't straight up push him or anything. There was a tiny play on the ball from behind, but that starts yeah. the skirmish. I, did, yeah. I didn't think that would induce a, a bench-clearing brawl. Uh, I guess they're like, you guys are down 50. Why are you even trying to stop a dunk, I guess? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're right. I thought that. It just it wasn't that flagrant of a foul, really, in no. a weird way. He could have, like, I thought he was just going to, str- like, it was setting up. You're like, okay, something's going to happen here. I thought he was just going to body check his ass, like, into the back, but... Again, he sort of made a play on the ball. I don't know. I think that ref had uh, his Lee Ellis safety hat on, and any sort of pushing of uh, of a guy going up (laughs) as he's coming down, you're getting a technical foul. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody's upset. Yeah, yeah. it was believable to me. Okay. Oh yeah, that happened in one of my high school games. We were playing against our rivals, and they hacked one of our players and pushed him down. He had to go to the hospital later that night. Had his spleen removed, and you know there was no. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, there was no bench-clearing brawl, uh, certainly, but, you know, the guy was ejected immediately. Oh, so yeah. I thought that one rang very true to me. No, no. Okay, fair enough. Um, and he's also, Jack has just whipped them into this frenzy. Like, oh, don't yeah, let yeah. these guys punk you. You know, be tough. Show, uh, show me your balls, basically. You know? Yeah, so. that's right. Um, then I guess we could do a scene where, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jack, Jack is going to go to the bar. He goes to the bar. Mm-hmm. And doesn't go in. Turns that truck around. So he's taking the night off. So, I, I, again, I guess he's, uh, you know, he's the basketball is helping yeah. here, right? It's yeah. snapping it, him out it, of that, you know, that uh, the yeah, alcoholism. That's the thing I found. He sort of gave up on the alcoholism very easily and very quickly, which is, tends not to be the case. Yeah. You'd like to see him mm. stick with it. Well, I mean, <laughs> he just seemed to, you know, I mean, for a guy who was pounding gin you know, on his way up to work in the morning, yeah. um, you know, for him to be able to resist a, an after-game beer is uh, a little not true, not believing for me, but... But they got to show us that he's... They got to show yeah. us he's rebounding a little bit here, yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, listen, this this is a movie about depression, right? Like, this, mm-hmm. this guy loses his son. I mean, we don't know that yet, but he's got this massive hole in his soul, right, that he's been mm-hmm. filling with booze, right? Then he he's finally this this game after uh, at, with Memorial is the first time he's sort of guiding and leading these kids. Right, where he's being a father, he's being he's got a, a father spark to again. Him. Yeah. yeah, exactly, yeah. and that's filling up whatever it is the uh, filling up his cup, so to speak. So he goes to the bar, and then he realizes uh, maybe I, maybe I don't need this. Maybe I don't but, need it tonight anyway. Yeah, right. Well, and I, wonder- I agree with you, Lee. Like kicking alcohol is almost worse than heroin like you can die yeah. from the from the uh from the detox from it yeah. but it's there's something there like that it's just a symbol of hey I, something's fed my soul and i don't need to i don't need to go in there tonight and I will, yeah and i'll say just it's him leaving a bar it would have been something else if he's uh goes to his fridge and pulls out the 30 beers and throws them in the garbage mm-hmm. i would have been yeah. like no freaking way he's doing that so it's a baby step at the very least right. they, they weren't showing us whether or not he was still drinking at home, which I'm led to believe he probably was, right? Right. Well, he was drinking in the office well, before he yeah. left, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's right. that that was he's been drinking all day, so. Yeah. And it's the guy who sort of says, sort of, he sees him, goes, "Oh, Jackie, I'll go and get you set up there." Like that yeah. sort of is the point that prompts him to be like, yeah. "Oh, okay, this is too much of a problem, I guess," mm-hmm. and he's able to just resist it immediately from there. So then we get him coaching the team i was i was laughing out loud at this part he tells the team they're gonna run a diamond press minutes before the <laughs> actual game like i was like what 
oh my god, this team, this team, the basketball IQ on these guys is through the roof because <laughs> minutes before the next game, he's telling them the new strategy. Oh, we're running a diamond press. But my god, because it's a movie, it works perfectly. They're down one, 15 seconds remaining. Coach draws up that slick play um, for you know really it's going to be a play there for Brandon, but he's got he's got options and he throws out a, I'd like to say a horrible horrible pass to the corner to Playboy Kenny. It was way off the mark. It wasn't a great pass, but Kenny recovers, grabs it on the side, splashes it, and they win. Feel good. Big win. At this point, the feel good uh, moment of the movie. Yeah, and you're right. It was not an on-the-money pass, but in high school, it's more about getting it there than anything, right? Like, the defense isn't getting back, and I mean... You know, uh, Coach would eventually go on to criticize Brandon for not shooting the shot, but, I mean, you got to dish it out to Kenny Dawes when he's that open in the corner. I don't think he missed a single shot in this movie. I'm pretty sure he shot 100% when they're showing Kenny Dawes. Yeah, Yeah, and he went three for three with the ladies as well. (laughs) Exactly. Shoot, you're on fire. And and so they they leave that scene, and then that's when uh, Coach Jack has that discussion with Brandon about taking those shots in, in the truck. And and I do like that scene where he is being that father figure uh, to Brandon and he's sort of bringing it along slowly. They develop that car ride uh, practice habit that they have. And see, that's that's what I wanted. I wanted a little bit more dialogue out of out of Ben Affleck. And I think that that's done pretty, pretty well. And uh, I enjoyed that scene a lot where they have that discussion. Yeah, and then the, after that, the next scene is like him jack ripping brandon a new one at practice right i mean getting him to the point of snapping because he's telling him to be loud you're a, you're the leader on this team you're the point guard we got to be able to hear you especially when this arena is packed and i can't hear you up here in an empty gym so let's go and yeah that was, I, I thought that was a, a cool little back-to-back run there the the connection that like you were saying jd that sort of uh, father-son figure um, sort of relationship between the two suddenly between Jack and Brandon. Right. I thought it was, it was pretty cool. And, you know, fathers sometimes have to push their sons to the point where their sons, their tempers will flare and they'll lash back at you. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of a nice illustration of that, that particular scene. The one thing I, I would agree with you, Tass, is that I wish there was more about the kids, more about the team. Oh, yeah. Because... The first time I watched it, I kind of scrubbed through it again this morning, but the first time I watched it, I had no idea why Jack hated Marcus so much. Like, it just seemed, he just didn't like him, right? Like, I, I know that he was taking shots that he shouldn't have been taking, and he was, a he, you know, he's a, a, a little bit Loud of a, a showboat and mouthy yeah. and all that. four minutes late to practice. I, yeah, no, I, I, I get that. And when I scrubbed through again, I sort of noticed it more. But on first viewing, I was just like, God, he just hates this kid. And, and he's really not giving him an, a chance at all. Hey, there's lots of kids out there that I can't stand. So that's a that's perfectly valid. But I, yeah. I just wanted to know as an audience member, why exactly? Just a little bit more of that. But the other, other side to that is the Coach Carter technique exactly right yeah and seeing too getting too much of the kids and getting too many performances that are lackluster you're right i, th- I prefer yeah, this 
Yeah, I, didn't yeah, mind I did too, all. because to me, it's like this was almost the same movie, but this one was made for adults and Coach Carter was made for teenagers. Yeah, so you're getting a lot more it. backstory of what's going on with the players. But basically every player in this has sort of a setup scene, right? Like Marcus getting kicked off the team and then they have the payoff of that, which is then Marcus finally is able to come back from the team. It happens the same with Kenny, right? We see him with these women uh, three different times throughout the movie and then suddenly he's having to run in front of them. But that's yeah. all we're getting. Um, I was happier to stay with Affleck. I feel like, um, you know, if we're given a lot of time to Marcus, like then we're complaining, like, why did we spend so much time with the abortion subplot in Coach Carter, yeah. right? I would uh, rather yeah. have the adult version. Okay, well, maybe Marcus, maybe not but what about Brandon and his father the relationship sure. with the father yeah, yeah. I would have yeah, liked to see one. a little bit that's more that's the one that. where you're left uh, wanting maybe a little bit more yeah, yeah. I mean one just pick one I, I don't <laughs> think I don't need I don't need a Timo and then a son's coat you're like all those coach Carter examples like, I think I, I don't think you need the starting lineup plus the six man but yeah I, I agree I, I, the father's son I thought the father was a great character uh, but yeah I, I would have I would have nibbled on that a little bit more. I mean, this movie is an hour and 48 minutes. You put 12 minutes of Brandon's dad in there. I'm happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, leaving Las Vegas is an hour and 51 minutes. That's three minutes longer than the way back is right now. (laughs) And it only has two characters and there's no basketball in it. (laughs) (laughs) Because because Jack could have related to the, the, the father as well. They could have had... They could have hit it off in a way, like you know, they could have butted heads, but they could yeah. have related in a way. I, yeah, I would have. I don't like well, he sure. was he was a guy that Jack looked up to when he was playing, right? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't was that mentioned for early. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He, that slipped in there. I also I like the writing though of Brandon's dad being basically the opposite of Jack's dad, who we obviously never meet, but right. you know what we're told from Jack is, my dad only loved me when I was good at basketball and. Uh, you know, so I gave him the fu by never playing basketball again. Whereas it, the flip side of it with Brandon's dad is like, he doesn't go to the games. He's got other things. He was a player. It the the game sort of turned its back on him, so to speak. So he's wasting his time with this. It was total. Uh, I like that actually, even though there was a connection um, between the two families, but it was completely different, right? Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I liked the opposites for sure, mm-hmm. but. But on the, at the same time, there was flaws in both of those storylines to me. Like, Jack could have had a full ride at Kansas, but he just walks away because yeah. because his dad didn't like his dad liked that he could play basketball. I yeah. mean, rebellion. I get it. Rebel against your dad, but why wouldn't going to college? 1400 miles away be a chance to get away from your dad like yeah. it just doesn't yeah. ring true and then Don't on the other see me on tv <laughs> that's right <laughs> then on the other hand brandon's dad is he's a single father he's got three boys and this kid has the opportunity and they don't seem to be very well off. I mean, he works in a, in a tuna plant yeah. uh, and he's, <laughs> they seem to be struggling financially um, wouldn't you want your kid to have sure. a scholarship to go to college for free, B- you know, basketball notwithstanding? I mean, it, it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. And if they spent a little bit more time exploring that, maybe I would have let it go a little more. And then and then also to put a button on Brandon's dad, why did they decide to show up all of a sudden at the, well, the, geez, in yeah. the finals? I mean, it's just it's like I'm glad they were there and I'm glad he had a change of heart. But it's totally unearned, I guess is the word, or it's just, uh, okay, he's, he made it. Yay. Good. Moving on. Mm-hmm. 
Well, there's a few things that came out of nowhere. That's yes. definitely definitely one of them. Uh, can I just ask, how did you know it was a tuna plant? A lot of fish flying around. How did you know that was a tuna <laughs> because plant? I thought it was just a fish market. Yeah, because, well, I don't know if it, it's a fish place for sure, but when uh, when Jack shows up, he uh, he goes, hi, I'm Jack, and he says, get those tunas on the yeah. something or other. <laughs> the old tuna plant. And I thought he was yelling at Jack, saying, you know, yeah, putting yeah. him to work or something. We don't do this. Well, I, I guess uh, just to speak to your uh, the whole the, the idea that Jack turned down a full ride, and he also just um, stopped drinking all of a sudden. The, the idea that the example that Lee said when he came in or was at the bar and he just turned away, maybe just shows you he's a cold turkey man. Maybe those are two examples of showing you that he does it hard or he doesn't do it at all. Yeah, but yeah, I, I agree. Sure. It's just a bit of a, a bit of a stretch. Spe- speaking of professions. Was Jack getting paid to coach the basketball team? Mm. He's like, got to well, get some kind of stipend, yeah. I would imagine. Yeah, I don't know. Like, He's only doing a half season. 500 bucks. I don't know. Yeah, Coach Carter got 1500 I think. So, <laughs> you know, I, I guess a bit of a lower school. I think he's getting a grand. I think he's getting 1000 bucks. Yeah, but what about school? inflation? This is a Catholic about... school, man. There's money. Isn't it? Yeah. I, thought, uh, I thought Coach Carter's was a higher profile school, though, myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, they were playing against Ty the Crane Crane. So, I mean, yeah. their, uh, their profile was elevated a lot. But he got a computer and he got the office and all that. So you know, he got a you know nice little yeah. setup there. How was um? How is Jack also like? I guess uh, you know juggling the two jobs because he kept his construction job too, right? Yeah. I mean, you're working long hours. In yeah, but he wasn't he drawing up plays while he was on the construction yeah, yeah, site. Yeah, that's what so, I mean. I, I yes. guess he just made yeah. it work. For, just, that, he was that, a functioning <laughs> alcoholic, no doubt. Yes. The guy's working two jobs. High functioning, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, you physician recruiting, Skeets, just working a couple <laughs> jobs on one job. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so the second to last game. Okay, I skipped over it there because we had already talked about it. But the you know the team goes on a five or six game winning streak immediately after putting in the diamond press. They're smaller. We're just going to run teams out of the gym. Okay, whatever. We've seen that before in sort of movies. Um, then we find out the whole you know the, the the gut punch in this movie is that. We totally now learn that Jack and, and his wife had lost the, their their son Michael. Um, that that's where we find this out in the movie. Then it's the second to last game of the season versus Trinity. This is set up, by the way, from his nephew, who's a big fan of uh, <laughs> high school basketball. Just like really lets us know, hey, take care of this one game, and uh, you won't have to beat Memorial in the final game. Like this kid's all over it's it. Like, he knows turns everything. Into- about- Turns into Basil Exposition there. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. yeah. How'd, how'd you like that performance? Was it a little too much yeah. there, JD? I, it was, uh, I, I did not enjoy it. Jackson hated it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really clumsy. But, you know, at least they didn't go the route of uh, a TV news story of this high school. <laughs> what's the state of this yeah. next game? But, uh, you know, it's your sort you're of... Taking, you're taking a shot at love and basketball right there? <laughs> I'm taking, taking a shot, shot at, at all of them. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was a lot. It was a mouthful. I mean, I wrote it all down. Trinity okay, has, go ahead. Trinity has lost six in a row. They have one good shooter, <laughs> TJ Edmonds. But Uncle Jack's team should win. And they kind of have to win tonight. Because if they don't win tonight, their next chance of getting into the playoffs is against Memorial. And Memorial's the number one ranked team in the state. Jesus. And then his dad pipes in. He's like, oh, yeah. Every morning, he wakes up, goes down, and checks those stats on the old computer. (laughs) That's that's like a a 10-year-old kid. (laughs) 
that's not that was a bit of a weird scene. But yeah. yeah, so we know that this is an important game. This is the whole point versus Trinity. Like, uh, win this one and you're good. You're in the playoffs for the first time in 25 years. And what happens? Well, Jack loses. The team is up huge, right? They're up like 10 points pretty late in the game. Um, uh, Bishop Hayes is. They just blow it. They completely fall apart. They're not used to uh, the high-stakes games, as assistant coach Dan says, playing in a game that actually means something. And then Jack loses his cool over a last-minute charge call, and he just goes ballistic. Mm -hmm. Just goes crazy and uh, you know, ultimately gets tossed, and the team loses the game. Yeah. I mean, that, that scene where he loses his cool, it's – Unfortunately for for Ben Affleck, he's been so unhinged at all of these games so far. Like there was really nowhere more for him to go. Like he'd already reached the mountaintop of of uh, outrage, you know, and mm-hmm. swearing and and just acting like like a damn fool, basically. So it it didn't. I was like, okay, well, he's just doing what he normally does, except he's screaming at his the it's his friend, right? The the uh the, the, ref, the referee yeah, who gives him a tech and then he says oh this is bullshit and blah 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 and then and then you know you you see these shocked shots of his family that are in the crowd and and just the bench as if they've never seen this before it's like oh this is very unlike jack to be freaking out like this but i mean we've seen it literally every game well yeah and his sister saw him freak out on a beer can like sitting right across the table <laughs> right. he just like suddenly raged um no, yeah, I like the right. idea that the kid knows every single thing that's happening with the team, but has never seen them play. <laughs> this is shocking to me to see my uncle acting like this. I mean, we spend a lot of time together. I know everything that's happening. I know the stats. I know the playoff scenarios, but in person? Ooh. Yeah. So tough. then it's just next... tough to act as a kid, though. It's tough to act you, as a kid. Right? When you said when you kid actors are tough. When you said it, uh, Skeets there that he was a ten year old and he goes and checks the computer. We were all 10-year-old geeks, you know, Yeah, no. pouring over stats. You're right. Not you high know. school basketball stats, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, but this is America. I don't know. You've got <laughs> you, you got a little buddy Owen there. He's a he, he, he's a connoisseur of stats. He knows his <laughs> stats to rhyme them off like oh, 100%, that. 100%, but again, I think that's more uh yeah, he knows NHL, MLB, NBA. I'm, I don't know. I mean, I maybe know. Trey can speak to it. Like, were you following high school basketball when you were, you know, eight <laughs> or nine, ten? USA. Oh, no doubt about it. I knew what Brian Torkelson was okay. up to, playing for the Plano Reapers, pouring in 18 a game. Okay. Shooter from the outside. In these, uh, in those times, wow, that was crazy. Uh, but also, our high school basketball team was basically terrible until I got to high school. Literally no doing of my own. We finally got somebody who was six foot nine. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely knew the stats uh, when I was okay. a kid, but also would go to the games because you're in a tiny town. I mean, yeah. they seem to be in a bigger town than I grew up in, but I, it was a little unbelievable to me that he would have no clue at all about what his uncle is like right. coaching if he's that sure, obsessed with sure. what's going on. Sure. What it, year is it, by the way? I, I didn't know. It's, uh, I got uh, it's 25 years later, wasn't it? Yeah. So because, 2010? Or, uh, no, no. It's, no, it's, 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 it's present current day, day I guess. Yeah. 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 And to be, um, to be fair about Jack's nephew, he did idolize Jack, right? I mean, he was he seemed like he really, really loved his uncle, and maybe yeah, that's yeah. why he would be checking the stats and being engaged with his career. Well, J.D., his uncle's the Jack Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> All right? One uncle of the greatest players Poofart? ever What seen. was he called? Uncle Poofart? <laughs> Poofart, yes. Yeah. 
Um, so we get a couple scenes we already talked about, but we get another ride. You know, Jack spilling the beans to Brandon on the way home that he had the full ride to Kansas, but he gave the big fu to his dad. And uh, then Jack goes to see Brandon's dad down at the uh, <laughs> the tuna plant or the fish market, or wherever the hell he works. <laughs> Tells him about the recruitment letters. I will say what I liked about this movie: um, scenes were not drawn out. They mm. were not, you know, for whatever reason, like longer than they needed to be. Um, and like that one comes to mind, like the exchange between Jack and Brandon's dad at the fish market. Like it was short and sweet and to the point, you know, like it was, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I agree. And to me, it's like, we could have had more of the backstory between Brandon, his dad and Jack for sure. But also the whole reason that scene existed to me was for that line when uh, Brandon's dad tells him, you can't build your life around basketball of anybody. You should know that because Mm -hmm. we're watching Jack do that, right? We're watching him build his life around basketball right now. So it kind of subtly primes us for the fall that's going to take place. Yeah. 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 I totally agree about the scenes being as long as they should be. Even the ones where they seem to linger well after the, the scene is over, I'm thinking of the, where he meets his wife for lunch and she basically tells him, uh, I'm seeing somebody else. And, and she leaves, and then we just see this extended shot of him just sitting there brooding about it. And, but it still worked, right? It was just yep. like, this guy is, uh, he's crushed. Yeah. This was, the dialogue in this movie was not, I, and I know we talked about like it sometimes maybe wanting a little more, maybe, but it was not overwritten by any means, right. uh, the dialogue in this movie. Um, so yeah, The Fall, uh, like you said there, TK, is, um, well, I guess not yet, but the the this is the sort of, Good stuff here. The final regular season game versus Memorial. They're playing the Knights again, but they're in their home gym. I laughed so hard when the Memorial coach, who's uh, whoever they, they casted the perfect guy for that coach. I love that guy. Um, <laughs> and he's getting all upset because this crap team, Bishop Hayes, is uh, hanging with them. And he just yells out, he's six inches shorter than you. How does he make that shot? Dude, like... <laughs> Have you been watching basketball? You can hit a shot. I mean, you can be smaller and hit a shot. I don't know. That killed me. Um, Bishop's down one, though, again. Jack draws up a play uh, with options again. You know, we're going to pass to the corner, blah, blah, blah. But then coach pulls Brandon, you know, aside before they go out there and says, forget that. Forget what I just said to everybody. Just shoot it. And we get some iso ball, Lee. What did you think of that long contested two Brandon takes? You know, I mean, it's just standard. It's standard in uh, in basketball <laughs> movies. It's like you've got you can't just hit a layup to win or get a you know a charge like we saw in uh, in Love and, uh, Love and Basketball. It's got to be a sort of contested long shot that's in the air and bang, it drops in. You know. Well, Tass, did you write the story while the ball was in the air? <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I wrote it. Good shot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you could in this case, right? Because that was the whole point. You should be taking the shot. Sometimes the smart play isn't the right play. And Brandon took the shot. Whereas at the beginning of the film, he wouldn't have taken that shot. So I I was a little confused. It seemed like the opposing coach was saying, we're going to double him and get the ball out of his hands. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't do that. (laughs) Bad (laughs) double, yeah. Yeah, it was a bad double. It was a single. I think they tried to, but it wasn't well done. Uh, but I, I like the angle, the camera angle below the bucket. It was uh, I like that angle, seeing it go through. It was right online, and I did like the score. I liked the piano um, because I think when Ben, like the piano started when they broke the huddle, and then Ben Affleck went and talked to uh, to Brandon, tell, told him to take the shot, and then we didn't get another piece of dialogue 
throughout the entire right. scene. It was right. just build up, build up, build up, lots and lots and lots of cheering afterwards. Uh, so I, the piano, piano got me. The music, like that. the music in this movie reminded me of another movie so much, and I, and Nora too, and we couldn't put our finger on it. We mm. couldn't figure out what movie, especially early in the movie, like when he's really on the dark side and, and is uh, like really leaning into the alcoholism. JD, I don't know, does, was there a movie that came to mind? There was something, and I, it was driving me insane all last night. I'm like, this is so similar to another movie. Yeah, not, not specifically. I mean, uh, the production design in general, including the score, was, uh, brought to mind Friday Night Lights for me. Um, okay. Just because it's sort of, the music isn't the same, but it has that, that sort of same vibe like a droney mm-hmm. sort of uh, pianos, but more guitars in uh, in Friday Night Lights, but it had that same vibe and the handheld cameras and stuff like that. But yeah, I know what you mean. It's very oh. familiar. It's this this movie. The style of it is very derivative across the board. Like you know, there's a hundred cliches here. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I I don't know. I looked up yeah. the uh, I looked up the composer. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He's done some stuff, but nothing that I had seen other than this. Okay. Well, I will say this scene. I was shocked at this point that we didn't, you know, get a glance up into the crowd after the game winner to see Brandon's dad. I for sure mm. thought that was coming, um, but. We get that later in the movie. So again, kudos to the to the writer, kudos to the director for not uh, for surprising me at least. I was like, okay, this is amazing. He hits the shot. He's the hero. Give me a glance up. Give me a head nod from old pops up in the crowd holding a tuna up in the air <laughs> um, and waving it around. But they didn't. They didn't. It comes later. It comes uh, you know basically right at the end of the movie. So also then... didn't get a shot of Jack's nephew, who you would have to assume, having watched them not yeah. get into the playoffs, playing against the number one team in state wouldn't he be there yeah you'd think so you would think so or maybe Um, he's just too disgusted he's like i cannot see another swear from my uncle yeah maybe maybe and maybe he thought well the season's over i told you you had to win that second to last no chance you're beating memorial yeah now you're not gonna get in but they do and then we get the fall of jack you know he's uh he's, he's riding high but he gets the call from his wife that miguel's son is in the hospital and he heads there and is obviously pretty traumatized. Uh, he relapses and seeing and overhearing the news that Miguel's son, I think it's David, um, is, is has cancer again or it's come back. Yeah. And he's seeing every, all these other sick kids in the hospital and this is what he's gone through and he relapses. What did everybody think of that? I, like what you said, JD, the part I found the most difficult to wrap my head around was him and his ex-wife now going to the birthday party and then sort of him and his ex-wife just even being at the hospital in this instance yeah. was a little bit odd to me. But uh, maybe they're just super tight. Maybe the family was that close. I mean, I, I can see, uh, you know, if you use your imagination and they uh, they it, they seem to insinuate that they met at the hospital where yeah. both kids yeah. were being treated at the same time. And uh, I'm sure that was a, a intensely bonding experience. True. It's just when you... <laughs> What doesn't ring true is that you arrive at the hospital and literally Angela is the only person there. There's no other family or friends right. there at all. And then Jack arrives and they're like, oh, my God. And there's that horrible moment where the doctor comes in and says, obviously gives them the bad news. And then Miguel looks directly into Jack's eyes and he's just like, 
he's like looking in the mirror from a couple of years ago when he lost his kid and then he he loses it and leaves yeah. i mean that the, this whole movie is it's all id for me it's all it just it tugs on my heartstrings but if i stop and i think about it I, you know i can poke holes in every single scene and every single moment mm-hmm. that happens but ultimately i don't care so he relapses he gets drunk he shows up super late i mean he's definitely more than four minutes late to practice <laughs> um, and he's you know he's hung over he's still drunk or whatever and yeah, he gets fired really uh, soon after that right um assistant coach dan had given him a warning you know he'd, he'd said he'd seen the bottles or cans in the in the office and knew that he sure was drunk at other times or could smell it on his breath and gets father in there and they have to fire him um so he's gone, and then he's back to the bar. I will say he's back to Harold's bar, but this time it's turned into a happening little blues spot. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no wonder you've been coming here. This is what happens on the weekends or something. It's a nice little place here. Um, Jack hooks up with some chick, and then, I mean, I'll go through it quickly here. He crashes his truck into the back of a boat or, like, a hitch while he's driving her home. And then so she's like, oh, quick, you know, park and come around back. I'm like three or four houses down, whatever he, she says to him. He stumbles into the wrong house, got to take a leak, uh, gets into a fight with the homeowner of that house who's like, you're not going anywhere. I'm calling the cops. He tries to flee and basically gets pushed or falls down a flight of stairs and knocks himself out cold. <laughs> Winds up in the hospital. I mean, it happened all very quickly, but he was doing shots and drinking beers at the bar. So I guess believable. Yeah, and a lot of things happen quickly in this movie. Laura said, so are we supposed to believe he hasn't had a drink since then? But I think, like people are saying, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that is happening off screen that we're never seeing. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's zero to 100 just like that. But I thought, you know, to me, that was it was fine to see because you watch a lot of sports movies and it's all about the redemptive arc. And that just seemed like where we were heading, right? And then to see, see him actually crash uh, in a movie like this made it different to me than watching, you know, the, the standard sports movie we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little on the nose. <laughs> you know, his hitting of rock bottom, like he literally crashes out of the house, rolls down a hill and lands <laughs> on rock right. bottom. You know, it's right. like, okay, we, we got it, we got it. Right. Well, you know, he, uh, I guess, um, who does he talk to in the hospital? Is that his sister? It's right? his sister, sister, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, agreeing that he's got to go to rehab and he's got to sober up and he's getting therapy there. And, and this is, I mean, it's moving quickly here at the end, even of this movie. And then soon after, you know, he's apologizing to his wife, which was a pretty powerful scene. And again, another one of these sort of like short and sweet and was enough, you know, mm-hmm. to me. This could have been like, you could imagine other movies where this would have been such a drawn out long scene. And it wasn't. Yeah. And this is the scene where um, where Affleck actually has a massive breakdown. Yeah, I don't know if I you read that. about that. Uh, but they, they didn't put it in the movie because it was just too much. Like the, he, the director describes it as the dam's open and he is just a mess. Right, because not only is Affleck in real life a recovering alcoholic, but not long prior to this whole thing had you know broken up with Jennifer Garner, right? His right. longtime wife for like ten years or something like yeah. that. Yeah, no, it's a, a heavy, heavy, uh, heavy role for Affleck here. Probably a reason he took it on because um, it rang so true to him. Mm-hmm. And then we end this thing pretty damn quickly, right? I mean, we end with Bishop Hayes playing in the playoffs. We don't see them play the game, but the hype of the big game. 
and you know Brandon being vocal so that's come through him as the point guard his dad is in the stands no tuna in hand but he is there <laughs> uh, and and then coach Jack you know still going through rehab and all that shoots some hoops picks up a basketball for the first time in <laughs> 25 years and Sort of shoots it. He he lets it go, but then we quickly go to a, a wide shot of a, a stunt double taking those shots, I think. I'll tell you what, it's a nice-looking court, though, out there. You know, oh, beautiful. what a beautiful. Scene. Beautiful. Oh, yeah. very, that was uh, very heavenly-looking. I think mm. that was uh, done on purpose. I like yeah. to imagine it had a huge fence right next to that water, but Josh Fromm just came and tore it all down for Ben. <laughs> So, yeah, that's the movie. I mean, I don't know if you guys have any other random observations. We'll, we'll grade this thing in a second, but any random observations or notes that you came across? I guess the father it tries to address the swearing with him early on, but it doesn't really have any effect. He just right, still keeps right. swearing. So, you know, you, again, you sort of wonder what was the point of that? Like, <laughs> if, if he doesn't really improve it, or if he doesn't get into a fight with the father there, like then what? What was the point of that movie, really? Or well, that 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 story of the movie? Well, I'll tell you the the point of that conversation and that that dynamic between Father Mark and Jack was one of my favorite things about the movie. Just just the swearing back and the swearing that Jack was doing, and then Father Mark just being exasperated with him. But uh, on the bus that that conversation, Jack says. You really think you something like oh, you yeah. really think God cares about what I say to these kids? And then Mark says, as Christians, we're called to God to integrate our faith into our daily lives. So yes, Jack, I really do think he gives a shit about the the example you set for these young men. Don't underestimate the impact that you can have on them. Mm-hmm. And that's what this as I said before, this whole movie is about fatherhood, right? And right. at when they when at, we're at the finals and I assume it's the finals, it's the playoffs, whatever it is. And they have the the uh, Father Mark is leading them through this solemn prayer. And it's not not about winning. It's about, you know, let's play Growth a good game it. and let's, yeah. you know, let's be good men out there. And then uh, what's his name? Freeze, is that his name? He's mm-hmm. like, uh, let's let's f-ing win this game for for Coach Cunningham, you know. <laughs> and it's a it's a it's an allegory for fatherhood and how fatherhood is fleeting. Right. Like. Right. You fathers die and and sometimes sons die, but you're the 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 effect that you have as a father over these kids. It lasts well beyond you you being their father or them living with you. And I think that's the point that they were trying to make is like and that's the great thing that happens to Jack because he he got a second chance to be a father and he had an effect over these people, w- warts and all, right? So, I mean, that's one of the things I loved about this movie. I actually thought with that final shot when he's shooting baskets, I thought he was in heaven. I thought he had died. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Huh. Wow. <laughs> that's my crazy theory. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> really changes the movie ending yeah. for me. But uh, maybe, yeah. But um, it's like literally he goes to a better place, right? He he basically him hitting rock bottom is like the death, his death as far as those as far as those kids on the team is concerned. Like he's gone. He's out of their lives, right? Yeah. But he's gone on is the counter is in heaven, JD, I'm never missing a shot. <laughs> and he does miss one of his shots. So I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> no, no, it's funny. I hadn't thought about that. 
Um, I thought it was interesting uh, to see Affleck actually shooting a basketball because that's always the question to me. When are we going to see the lead actor in a basketball (laughs) movie playing basketball? Because the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, I don't know, man. Affleck to me looks like if he's any sort of a former athlete, he's a former baseball player. Just the build of him. Mm. Um, So then, you know, I'm Googling all this stuff and there's uh, interviews with the director who are saying, yeah, the substance abuse was a lot easier for Ben Affleck than playing basketball, which is probably why they save it for the last 30 seconds of the movie, right? right. But in this same interview, Affleck's like, yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I've never played basketball. I mean, this is a lie. I've seen him in Buffy the Vampire Slayer playing basketball. <laughs> but he did say, I know how to hit a little bit, so I felt a little justified there. I was like, great, man. Let's get Ben Affleck in a baseball movie, see some cuts. He hasn't been in a baseball yeah. movie? That's a great question. Well, well I mean, I guess like um, the town, he is at Fenway Park a lot, right? Like, oh, they're underneath yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he seems like a guy who would be in a baseball movie, right? You can imagine him with a dip in his mouth easily. Oh, totally. Why didn't they just make this a baseball movie? It's, <laughs> what difference does it make? Great, great question. <laughs> you can't hit the, Well, yeah. Well, I guess it's not as exciting to it's watch. Just, it's you know? just a bit different, I think, when you go on those... Yeah... On those long runs, those winning runs that you can in basketball. <laughs> I think it's more even to what you were talking about, Judy. Right? I think it's easier as a basketball coach to, to get your message through to kids mm. than it is, oddly, for a baseball manager. I don't know why. I don't know if that's true, but it just feels that way. Maybe I've just yeah, seen thought, too many basketball movies. I thought the football angle would be a decent angle sure. as well. I, mm-hmm. I thought his build was definitely more of a football dude. And you can't you can't really be an individual star in baseball like you can in basketball or mm. football like if you're the quarterback. Yeah. So I think yeah. that would probably be the route, especially in small town America. You could have a little bit of the, the Friday Night Lights feel. Um, but I, um, I have another high school basketball question for you, Trey, specifically American high school basketball. Was the coach bringing out the game ball a thing? Is that uh, a thing? I don't remember it like it being such an honorific. I feel like maybe yeah. our coach would have it and would just kind of like hand it over to yeah. the thing when we all came out. It wasn't like a, all right, here we go. The ball is here. It's <laughs> yeah. time to tip up. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it seemed like such an important job for totally. Jack Cunningham. Yeah, it's like mentioned like super early from assistant coach Dan, like here are the game balls. Like, and then, yeah, we see like a couple times of like, here he comes. He's, I mean, I get it. Yeah, he's coming out of the locker room. He's got the ball. He's going to have an exchange with the referee or maybe the other coach. But, yeah, it's like, is this a thing that I was not aware of? Um, so yeah, to me it was always on. more just like a, we got the game ball, right? It's here? All right. All right. Excellent. Okay, good. Um, the only other random observation I have is uh, just from doing a little research, and, uh, and mainly because I was like, I hate the name of this movie. I don't know if I'm alone. The Way Back. Do you guys like the name of this movie? I kind of don't know what it means, to be honest. <laughs> See? I, I felt the same way. There's, and there's other movies called The Way yeah, Back. That... And it's, it's just an odd name. So the working title in the U.S. was The Has-Been. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Has-Been, Has-Been, however you want to pronounce it. And uh, the U.K. title of this movie is Finding The Way Back. Oh, so they added okay. that to it. Okay. But I don't know... Um, so I don't really like the, you know, the has-been. I don't like that all that much either. But I was like, well, what would be another good name for this? Like an alternative title. Lee, you got anything? Uh, redemption. No, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> uh, Buckets and booze. I mean, yeah, just, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Really. Coach I mean, Cunningham. That's why they just went with the way back. Yeah. How about the rebound? 
I mean, he's like, you know, he's trying to bounce back as well. Yeah. But, I mean, maybe naming it something like The Way Back, which has zero sports connotation, kind of makes it so you don't necessarily have to see it specifically as a basketball movie, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's maybe that's the whole point of it. Uh, Any other random observations? All right. Before we grade this movie, a quick word from the Black Talks. One thing we didn't see in the way back was a prom scene, and that's too bad because I like to imagine that all the Bishop Hayes boys and maybe Ben Affleck himself as a chaperone would use the Black Tux for picking out their dancing duds. So I went to theblacktux.com right after finishing this movie, trying to see exactly what kind of fits these guys would toss. Brandon Duretti's a low-key guy, so you know he's going with something classic like the standard peak lapel tuxedo. But Kenny Dawes, he's a ladies' man. A little more out there. Perhaps he goes with the full rose or emerald shawl collar look in my main man Bobby Freeze. You know he's going with the split tartan tuxedo plaid on plaid on plaid. Yeah, And that's the great thing about the black tux. They have an easy online ordering process that brings your suit or tuxedo straight to you. Just pick a style at theblacktux.com and request a free home try-on so you can feel the fit and quality before you commit. If online isn't your style, the Black Tux has showrooms all over the country where you can find your fit and plan your look. From there, they'll ship your order two weeks before your wedding or prom so you can check it one last time. Talk about commitment. Whether you're buying your outfit or looking to rent, you won't find a formal wear experience or designs like the one you'll find at the Black Tux. So if you want your wedding slash prom to be remembered for the right reasons, order your suit or tuxedo at theblacktux.com and enjoy 10% off with code DUNKS. That's theblacktux.com. Code dunks for 10% off your purchase. The Black Tux. Formal wear for the moment. So the critic score on Rotten Tomatoes for the way back, 84%. Hmm. The audience score, based off 2,000 plus user ratings, 84%. Wow. <laughs> yes. The critics and the fans in lockstep here. Both saying 84%. So both you know, fairly high on this movie. That's an A. Lee, why don't you give us a grade on the way back? What'd you think? Uh, uh, you know. Well, we much. know how you watched this, first off. You watched the first 40 minutes, you yeah. took a break, and then you watched the final hour the next day. How did that work out for you? Yeah, oh, it was fine. I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't I love this movie. I didn't hate it. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I wouldn't watch it again. But I thought Ben's <laughs> acting was fine. Um <laughs> You know, I, I, I really hated the, the scene about losing his kid and, and seeing that. I mean, that, like, I just can't imagine what that must be like for a parent. So I, I, I just don't like seeing that sort of stuff in movies. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I really have no idea what to give this movie. I'll, I'll give it um, two, two cans of beer out of six. How about that? <laughs> cans of beer out of six. Oh, the old classic six-pack. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'll give All it right. two. <laughs> All right. You're showing up to a party, a house party in Vancouver. You're bringing a six pack and you're taking. You're taking I'm drinking. I'm drinking four two. home. No, yeah, four my, home. My, my classic move when I was a teenager was turn up with six and drink ten. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Same so, with Jack Cunningham. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tass, why don't you go next? What do you, what'd you think of this movie? I was engaged. I think maybe I made a mistake in that I uh, the first part of the movie I, I, did, I didn't watch it on separate days, but uh, I watched. <laughs> I watched it probably with the volume a little bit too low. Okay. The audio, as powerful as it is in this movie, I was sucked in the second half with the audio and not the first half. So maybe that's why I just wasn't all that excited 
for the first half. I wasn't drawn in like I should have been. But um, I also don't think it's that hard to play a drunk. And maybe I'm underestimating it. But him just picking up a beer can and putting it to his lips and pulling his head back, maybe just because I've done that a billion times, I didn't find that all that interesting. Didn't find it all that interesting for a guy to be carrying up a guy's set of stairs while he grunts over and over multiple times. I'm, I'm probably underestimating it, um, but I loved a lot of things about this movie. And I like the limited basketball. I, I, I was engaged in every basketball scene because I do think there was only you know three or four really right. longer basketball scenes. I like how the football safety makes an interception type play in the big winning <laughs> game. Uh, and yeah, I, I didn't think they overextended Benny Boy. So um, it was good. I'm not, I'm not coming back for more, but I'll give it seven and a half. <laughs> out of 10 okay that's pretty good pretty good score i'm glad you brought that up that was one thing i had in my notes that i forgot to uh, slip in here that guy who is this guy yeah. that is continually taking jack home from the bar and did, was it alluded to that he did that for his father yeah too? Yeah, he, yeah yeah weird what wow <laughs> who is this yeah. saint yeah he's just the the local guy who uh it's what he does yeah but he was he like, must be he trustworthy wasn't... his name is doc so apparently that's why everybody's like this is the guy to carry you home gotta yeah. hire him dude yeah, ben affleck's not a small man <laughs> no every and i mean this doc isn't a large man but no he's strong as an ox i guess because <laughs> yeah. he has I to carry so. him it's like ben affleck is I, I do like that part like ben affleck is falling over he's not just like it's not like a light ankle sprain where we're going to the back and you yeah, kind of have to hopping. carry the weight. Yeah. You're carrying 240 LBs there with Ben Affleck, it sure <laughs> feels like. Yeah, I forgot about that guy. I forgot about Doc. Just always being there. And I, there mean, were... I guess driving him home in his own car because his vehicle is usually left there. Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't taking, see, yeah, he wasn't taking him in his pickup well, truck. Well, but... But didn't he have to run back to the bar to get his car the day he was late? Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying Doc drove him oh, home in his own vehicle. Gotcha, probably. gotcha. Yeah. But then, what was Doc doing at a bar all the time? <laughs> was he, he the trying? owner of the bar? Is that possible? I don't know. It was called Harold's Bar, I think. Uh, yeah. Doc Harold. Maybe his name's Harold. I don't know. Okay, so seven and a half uh, flicks of the, the beer tab from Tass out of ten. Um, Trey, what do you got? Well, I mean, you have to grade this on beers. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Yeah. So I'm going 16 yeah. out of 24 cutters here, okay. which is about about a 7 out of 10, maybe a little bit less. I thought it was all about Affleck playing a role that is right in his wheelhouse. I also just like to see how much of a 90s basketball guy he was because he comes in, he says, big guys, you're not shooting threes. You got to play hero ball and shoot the last shot. We're yeah. pressing. We've got great fundamentals. I saw the high school safety doing lefty layups and up and under. So, you know, uh, you know, he's really drilling down there. And I thought that that was uh, the perfect sort of like uh, boomer mentality because that's exactly what it's like in high school. So, yeah, I'm, I'm at about, about a 7 of 10 strictly for at. For Affleck. Okay. Nice. Okay. Uh, Judy? Yeah, I'm going to go on the beer scale as well. Out of 24 ice cold cutters, I'm giving it a 20, which puts me oh. right in line with uh, Rotten Tomatoes because I believe that's 83.33%. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But yeah, I like this movie. It uh, Again, 
it really tugged on my heartstrings and I, I was in right from the beginning and uh, I thought I thought he I thought Affleck was great and uh, and I think it is hard to play drunk. Uh, I would agree with that. I thought he nailed it. I think Affleck was uh, fantastic in this role. Um, I liked the basketball scenes that were in there. Like you were saying, Tass, there wasn't too many of them, but they were all believable with what was going on, like the action and stuff like that in terms of mm-hmm. high school basketball. So that was fair. I am, like you guys, or right in the same ballpark. After talking about this a little bit more, I don't know, JD, you have this effect on me. I like hearing your uh, insight on movies. <laughs> it's gone up a little bit for me just while we've sat down here over the last hour. So I am now going to go from seven shower beers out of ten to eight <laughs> shower beers out of ten. By the way, runners out there know, huh, nothing tastier than a shower beer. I am not, uh, I'm not encouraging you to have a drink, but uh, after a long run, nothing like a shower beer. My God, it's glorious. So eight out of ten, uh, sort of right in the ballpark. It was a good movie. I, I, I actually was dreading all day yesterday. I saved this till Thursday to watch. I was just not in the mood for this movie. I was like, had no idea what to expect, but I was like, it can't be that good. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. It was a pretty rainy, dreary day here in Atlanta, so that helped. But finally at night, I'm like, okay, of course I got to watch this. Like, Nora, you want to watch it? And I was... I was in. I was in. Maybe it was because I had my volume cranked up, Tass. I don't know. <laughs> it's a big it was part. coming. It's coming through well on my new uh, my new speaker, my new soundbar. So uh, I liked it. I did like this movie. Um, I think it would have. I think I would have really, like I said, struggled with it if it was anyone else, maybe in that role, or hadn't have done a great of job as Affleck had done. He's he carried it, no doubt. I mean, it was all about him. So. Eight out of ten. Let me ask a a quick question here. Yeah. Because we talked about watching this movie a few weeks back when it was only available for purchase. Yeah. (laughs) And it was twenty dollars. Not a chance. Not a chance. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody wanted to pony up twenty. That's right. No way. We all said we'll put it off. I've never, ever, ever, ever bought a movie for twenty dollars through my TV. No okay. way. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. So we all were, were comfortable waiting for a few weeks. Yep. Rental price is six bucks. Fine. Yep. Everybody's yeah. cool with yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. But looking <laughs> back, you know, JD, you gave it an eighty-three point three 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 percent. Would you have paid twenty dollars to see this? <laughs> I'm I'm glad I didn't pay twenty dollars. So I'll be honest. Uh, but um, I don't know. I I do like buying movies because I like the extra features. I like to dip into the director's commentary and stuff like that. So Ooh. they wouldn't, would they would they throw in Ben Affleck's breakdown? <laughs> Ooh, that's a great question. Should go. Or is check. that too much? That's a little too. Personal. I think it's too personal. But but yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason I liked this movie was just the surprise of it. Um, yeah. I had not seen any anything really other than other than uh, Matt Austin saying it was Dees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, which we is enough for out, me. This, I mean, this movie came out really at the worst possible time, yeah. right? I, yeah. Like it just came out just before uh, the coronavirus uh, pandemic really took hold in the states. I think it did all right on the opening weekend, and then, of course, plummeted like every other movie the next weekend. Is that right, J.D.? I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and then, I, was it not even, like, forced early to um, video on demand? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Did it Did it go into theaters? Yeah, it did. It did. I did see oh, that. I thought they automatically, or they immediately made the decision that we're going straight to... Uh, I'm pretty sure 14, in mid-March, it, or early to mid-March, it came out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So okay. it's sort of like I said, it just beat it, if you know, in a lack of yeah. a better term. 
Yeah, it's it's gonna do like it, it, we got uh, HBO Max coming. It's Warner Brothers. It's gonna, they're gonna stick that right on there. It, mm-hmm. It'll get it, it'll get seen hopefully. Yeah, you're right. It did open early March in theaters. Does that help though? Does that help? Does just pushing it to um, to video on demand services earlier maybe give it a little bit more juice on the video on demand? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I, don't know. I mean, people maybe. are home. Yeah. And it was like one of the first movies to be pushed like that, right? Like, yeah. well, no one's going to movie theaters. No one should be going to movie theaters. So here it is. Yeah, maybe it did. I guess uh, I don't know. Um, we need something light though for our next film session. I think. <laughs> <laughs> we need a we need you know to clean uh, cleanse the palate a little bit. Something silly, something air buttish, something dumb. So if you've got a suggestion for our next film session, let us know. You know, email us no dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet at us at no dunks inc. Lee, is there a particular basketball movie? I know you've been you've been jonesing a little bit for Teen Wolf. Yeah, it's a great movie. I mean, that's uh, a definitely an option. I think Eddie's yeah. been recommended a bunch of times from people with Whoopi yeah. Goldberg as the Knicks head coach. Possibility. Yeah, yeah. I, I just mean, think it should be something silly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would love to watch Teen Wolf again. It was a great movie uh, growing up, so I think we could have some fun with it. Would I mean, you watch that in the, one sitting, though? Yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, the man does a handstand on a moving vehicle down the street. I mean... <laughs> and his dad sees him and just sort of shakes his head. He's not like, oh, my well, God, what are you oh, doing up kids. there, son? <laughs> and would you pay $20 styles. to own Teen Wolf oh, or is this yes. a $6 rental nah I'd pay $20 to watch this again just oh, for okay. Styles alone Styles is great Styles. he's the greatest character in that's this the movie. most <laughs> 80s character name of all time Styles, Styles. it's perfect yeah. all right, he's wearing so sunglasses maybe, in class maybe it's Teen Wolf we'll figure that out uh, in the coming days but again if you've got a suggestion let us know no dunks at the athletic.com all right clipper speaking bros of, hold on speaking oh. of speaking of styles um trey you got to go see the uh, the imdb page for uh, the way back photos at the premiere you you mentioned in in your ad read that brendan would be sort of a standard dude when it comes to dressing well he pulls out bit of a romper a bit of a something weird wow the, you're not kidding that is a that is a crazy look yeah. there's like a hundred buttons on this sh- <laughs> romper I don't, what do you call it i don't, I don't know. know that looks yeah. like a stefan aeon <laughs> stefan aeon original stefan aeon uh. you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember you want to know why they're leaving you open it's because they don't think you can hit the ocean from the beach. Embrace the day, people. (laughs) 